in today's show. I'm here live on YouTube answering your questions. So get them ready. We're ready to go. Michael Bolton, he's ready to go. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. I'm also loving the fact that you guys make Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, available on all platforms. We also have podcasts covering your favorite team. So whatever your favorite team is, we have a Locked On show that will suit you there. All right, guys, we're here. We're ready to answer questions. Everyone here live on YouTube, welcome. If you are here, it's good to see you. It's always good to see you guys here in the uh, in the old chat. So, hey, what are we waiting for? Let's just get straight into questions here. First question, just an easy one off the bat. Anton. Anton Cervantes says, where is Obi? I think I need him. He's my lucky charm. He's asleep. It's what, eight o'clock here? He's, he's a lazy ass. He's in bed. He does not want to wake up at this point. Maybe, maybe he'll get up. We'll see. Um... Carl Larson, who would you take the rest of the season? Total value, Tatum or Lillard? They're both being equally as bad. I possibly, probably, possibly, most likely would um, take Tatum. I just, I'm not feeling super comfortable with with Lillard and his injury. I'm just, I'm not feeling good with that at all. So I will take, um, I'll take Tatum there. Mama Yama, how do you ask questions? Just drop them in the chat. Yeah, I can't do super chats anymore, but you just got to drop your questions in the chat. Joseph Setale, is Lamelo Ball a top 20 player rest of the season in Yahoo Points Leagues? I have him 18th. He is currently, what, 28th? So I think, yes, he's probably got another one or two fantasy points per game in him. It'd be very borderline, I would say, though. Yeah, very borderline. Um, Adam C, what are my thoughts on trading Taylor Horton Tucker for Onyeka Okongwu in eight category dynasty? I do think Okongwu is going to be the better player long-term and I think he's going to have a few top 50 fantasy seasons, Onyeka is. That would be, yeah, that would tell. I would look at that. Justin Yuang, where does Evan Mobley end up? For the, I'm assuming for this season, you mean like where is he going to be ranked this year? Um... I do think that Mobley will be... Yeah, obviously, he's been good so far. He's dropped a little bit over the last, say, week or so. I don't think the top 50 is a realistic expectation, unfortunately. I'd love it to be. I just don't quite think he gets there. Aiden Vahidi. Hey, Josh. How much of what Jimmy Butler is doing seems unsustainable to you? How high do you think he ends up? Top 10, top 15? All right, let's have a look. Jimmy Butler, I do think top... I think top 15, almost no doubt. Um, I think, well, he's what currently the fifth-ranked player. I, I think 
you know, what he's currently doing is relatively sustainable. The problem you're going to have is with a steal rate can maintain, but I, I think that it's somewhat sustainable and he can probably maintain top 10 value would be my guess. It's just a guess. Look, he's, his shooting numbers are great. I mean, his field goal percentage, he's not shooting any threes at all and that, that helps him. Um, he's getting to the line more than a lot of other people and he's hitting them at a high rate. The steals are at three per game. I think that does drop down, but I still think he can go over two. So yeah, I think it's relatively sustainable. Calvin W. Will James Brago ever start PJ Washington at the five? I have my doubts. I think Washington does well at the five and it's his best position, but I'm, I'm not convinced outside of injury that they'll make that switch. Who to drop for Dylan Brooks, David Wang, TJ, uh, who's TJ? Leaf, Warren, McConnell, or Suggs? You know, not TJ Suggs, is it TJ or Suggs? I don't know who TJ is. Be more specific, please, David. Um, why are you in such a rush to add Dylan Brooks? I think Brooks is fine. Again, he's going to have an issue with your field goal percentage, but can be a nice points and threes guy. Um, but he, he's a low rebound, low assist player with poor field goal percentage, no blocks. But he can help you in areas, right? If that TJ is TJ McConnell, even if it's TJ Warren, yeah, that's who I prioritize dropping over um, over Jalen Suggs. All right, this question, people have been asking this a lot and I don't know why. Because you, there is a company and it's a website you may have heard of. It's called Google. So just google.com and you can look this up. Who is Michael Bolton? No, no offense to you, loading. Who is Michael Bolton? Google it, literally. Like, here's a singer. Here's a singer. I think most people who listen to this show um, know what the joke is. I don't know if it's a joke necessarily, but this show's been going for years, like eight years, right? And initially, I always used to come on the show and as we started, I just say, let's get to it. And then one day I went, you know, every time I say, let's get to it, it just reminds me of Michael Bolton in the Lonely Island song, Jack Sparrow. At the start of that song, if I do I even have that sound drop anymore, I don't even know if I've got it here, just the original, um, let's get to it. But that's what Michael Bolton says at the start of that song. He says, let's get to it. So I went, all right, let's just play Michael Bolton saying, let's get to it instead of me saying it. And then it turned into a joke that Michael Bolton was here saying it. And then Michael Bolton appeared for like a two-day window on Cameo. So I said, hey, Mick, can you like record an intro for the show? Because it's been a running joke for like four or five years. That is who Michael Bolton is, but literally Google him. Um, Benji Fam is Cole Anthony top 50 in Yahoo points? I would say probably not. What is he now? Like he's 45th now, averaging almost 39 fantasy points. I would expect that to drop somewhat, maybe to 32, 33, which takes him out of the top 50. It might drop even further. I would be pretty shocked if he's a top 50 player. Carmelo gone. Good question. Why is Keldon Johnson a drop in 12-team nine-cat leagues? He's getting consistent minutes. Is one of your nine categories minutes? Like, Keldon Johnson is a guy who fools people into thinking that he has got good fantasy value. He scores at a decent rate. Yeah, sure. He's the 213th ranked player this season because, I'll tell you why, he doesn't hit threes. He has average rebounds. He gets no assists, no steals, no blocks. He has poor field goal percentage and poor free throw percentage. So he helps you in like one category. So yeah, oh, he, he's getting minutes. And even that, I am not convinced that he maintains. Like, I don't think he's pushing over 30. You know, Pop has shown some frustrations with him this season. Um, the minutes are fine. Like, he'll score good points. He just does nothing else. And in fact, he, like, actually, like, brings your team's average down in, like, five or six categories. That is why he is not particularly good. If you are looking for points in the points category, sure, he might get you 17 a game. 
And that has value, right? But it's at the expense of everything else. Michael Z, or Michael Z, Mickey Z. Some potential that Kyrie plays in January. What happens to Harden should Kyrie return? The people are thinking this with this new mayor in New York. Maybe he rescinds this vaccine mandate for inside venues. I don't... I've been trying to read up on this. Not I've been trying to. I have been reading up. I've been trying to come to a conclusion. And there doesn't seem to be one. I think... What's this guy's name? Eric Adams? He seems to have maybe floated that idea. But he is also in favor of vaccine mandates. And I'm not banking on this being something that necessarily happens. I think it's possible. I think Kyrie will play at some point this year, either through that mandate being lifted or through him getting vaccinated. Um, So I'm not sure that happens. If Harden returns, it's not like Harden is getting by on gigantic usage. Harden is still going to be the same, if not better, I would imagine, because it's. I thought he'd get his big usage spike. He hasn't been a high usage player. So I think that that can stay basically the same. He'll still run the offense and get all these assists, and he still does his little things that no one notices. He gets steals, he gets blocks. And he hits his free throws at a high rate. And I think his efficiency might come up. So I don't really think it's too much of a problem. Kelvin Kwong. Do I have any concerns with Shea Gildas-Alexander being held out later in the season? I really, really doubt... Barring injury, the Thunder are going to tell Shea not to play. He was legitimately hurt last year. Like that plantar fasciitis, he was legitimately hurt. He did not play for Canada leading up to the Olympics because of the injury. He was legitimately hurt. I think that if he does get hurt, they will be very quick to hold him out. But they do not want to piss off the one franchise player that they have, the one all-star caliber player they have. No shade to Josh Giddy, but he's not there yet. He might get there. They did not want to piss him off, Eric Bledsoe style, but just saying, Shay, we know you love basketball. We know you want to show what you can do. We know you want to push for all-star, all-NBA. But even though we've got 70 draft picks coming, can you just sit down? Can you just not play for three months? Imagine how that conversation goes. If he's hurt, sure, they will be extra cautious with him. But I just don't think there is any way in the world, it's not like Al Horford, there's no, not any way in the world that he sits when healthy. It just, there's no way. Jason Lee, is there still a chance Harden finishes number one player in points leagues? Hmm. I don't have him projected at number one. I think there's a chance that he's going to improve rapidly from here. I think it's going to be tough to get past Giannis and um, Big Chungus at this point. But I guess it's a possibility. I, I don't have him there though, no. I would say it's unlikely. All right, what's the next question that we're going to go to here? Actually, maybe we maybe we won't go through to that question just yet. What I will do, though, is I will tell you that this show is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. We all have those memories of McDonald's as being something in the community. We go there for birthday parties as kids. We take our kids there to those birthday parties. We go there after finishing our little league game or our basketball game or our footy game or whatever it is. We go there. We use their Wi-Fi. We catch up with people after school. You all know where your local McDonald's is in your community. You all know where it is. It's right there. And is there anything better than being out on a road trip, driving, and going past Maccas and going, oh my God, I wouldn't mind. Actually, has anyone ever said this phrase before? I wouldn't mind a filet of fish. No one said that. But anyone's gone, man, let's bang in a couple of cheesies and uh, and keep going. Maccas is that place. Or sorry, Mickey D's is that place that you know that you have reliable, tasty, community 
feeling, I guess. So, refuel, reconnect, go to your local McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Guys, it's a stressful time in the world. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James King James? It's sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. And they've teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. But you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. And as LeBron says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. That doesn't sound like something LeBron would say. But anyway... So if you head to calm.com slash NBA for a limited time, you get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Calm is actually awesome. So many good things on there just to help relax yourself, to help you get into a better heads, head area, better mind place. I know these words are all very vague, but Calm is awesome for this sort of stuff. And I do encourage you to go do it. So for a limited time, all listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and getting a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash NBA. That's calm.com slash NBA. Okay. Let's go into what are the next questions going to be. JP Lawrence, how deep into the season before we just completely ditch preseason projections? There's no, there's no number one thing, right? There's no set number. I am adjusting projections literally every single day. And it's all a blend of what happened last year, what happened the year before, my preseason projections, and what's happened this season. It all gets blended. So we don't head to game 20 and go, well, everything we thought in the preseason, we chuck it out. That's not, that's not how we look at it. But the more games we head into this season, the more you start to lean as to what's happened. But if what's happened is Michael Porter Jr. shooting 30% from the field, I don't go, well, you know what? Maga Porter shot 42% from three for 160 games. But for these 10 games, he's shooting 30. This must be what's real. Everything has a level of nuance and a level of blendability to it. And you can't throw out everything from the preseason because there might be weird hot streaks or cold streaks that happen. Am I going to believe that Al Horford blocks 2.5 shots per game because he's done it for 20 games versus never doing it in 10 plus years beforehand? No, but I will bump it a bit. So we are constantly adjusting all of the preseason projections based on what we've gotten seeing now, what we could see happen and trying to find that happy medium with stuff. So there is no, hey, we just got to ditch it at this point. Sack accountant, the Pelicans are one and eight now. Any concern for Brandon Ingram simply taking his time to come back or straight up not play? No, to that last one. These NBA players, right? They want to play basketball. This is what they do. There are very, very few situations, shout out to Ben Simmons, where the players are going to be like, I don't want to play. I just don't feel like playing. I'm fine, but I don't want to play. It just isn't going to happen that often, right? So your overwhelming reaction to these things is, is no, that's not going to go on. Is Ingram's hip a problem? Sure. If there's an issue and hips can go sideways really quickly with torn labrums and things like that, and the team is struggling, then teams who are struggling tend to be more proactive in terms of um, rehab and surgery and things like that. That is a worry. But I don't think there's any chance of Brandon Ingram just saying, I'm just going to take it slow now, guys, because we're struggling. There is no way that he would do that. You have to remember that these players, they do love playing with each other for the vast, vast, vast majority. 
And do you, how do you think it's going to go when a team leader like Ingram is sitting there and the other players are going to be like, oh, he's fine, but he's not playing? It, it just isn't what, what's going to happen. Jake Hirsch is Damien Lee or Ken Birch. Well, my overwhelming idea is that none of them. Like, in 12-team leagues, they're not worth it at all. In a 14-team league, probably Lee. But again, the upside on both of those guys is pretty low. Shabab Sadiq. Do I think Sadiq Bay is a must-roster player in standard nine-cat leagues? Yes, but. So yes, I would have him on a roster, but I don't think there's very much upside in Bay, as I've stressed multiple, multiple times over the course of the preseason and this season. I think he can be a little bit better than what he currently is, but I don't think that he is going to like be smashing in the doors of the top 90 or anything like that. Um... Let's have a look. Cody Payne. Will Miles Bridges be consistent with his recent performances? The honest answer is, I have no idea. Like, I can't tell you that with any level of certainty. Do I think Miles Bridges is going to be good? Yeah, everything that he's doing at the moment is telling me he is going to remain good because of a couple of things. This efficiency is not out of the blue. He did this last year. He just did it on five fewer minutes. And now the minutes are up. He's pushing into a larger offensive role with more usage, and it's still maintained. So it's not a seven-game fluke sample of why is he shooting this well. He did it for 80 games or 70 games last year too. And now he's just doing it on higher volume. Will he remain consistent? No, because nobody is consistently good. There'll be ups and downs, right? But he will. I think he will be really, really good, and I feel pretty good about my, you know, whatever that Watfo was on him. What was my exact Watfo on him? Miles Bridges finishing ahead of Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I feel pretty good. I only had it at 55%. I'd bump that to 70% now. Um, Krishna Tumala. Is Colin Sexton a must-roster player in Yahoo Points Leagues? Absolutely, he is. Yes. Yep. Arsene Sanamayan. What do you see happening with Jonas Valanciunas once Zion Williamson returns? Well, I think Zion will impact usage of Jonas for sure. All right, so Valanciunas' usage is going to go down. I think also he might lose a few minutes. He's playing like 34, 35 minutes a game because he has to carry the offense. And when Zion's out there, he won't have to. And also it is, you know, while Valanciunas is taking more threes this year, he's not like a guy like Miles Turner who's just going to live outside the three-point line. So it's going to clunk things up. And they will play some minutes with Zion at center. So I think it will impact his minutes by one or two and his usage by a little bit as well. So I do think that, yes, there is. Now, can you actually sell high in Valanciunas? Probably not. Because he's like a top 20-ish player at the moment. And you're not going to get that back, most likely. And we're also, you know, weeks away from Zion returning. Is Thad Young must roster? Absolutely not. Thad Young is a guy that you can add short term while Yucca Pertle is out. But this is a dude who literally wasn't playing. So you can add him for the short-term value while Pirtle is out. But once Yucca returns, I'm not sure that Thad's going to have that sort of value. All right. Let's have a look. Am I confident? Do I have a question up on the screen? I need to look at that. I do, so I need to take that off. Um, am I confident that Lillard could get back into the top 10 in category leagues? It's a good question. Let's have a look at my projections. I do do not have Lillard in the top 10. Am I... Yeah, so no, I am not confident in that. Yellow Mumba 123. Drew Holiday is back tomorrow. Yes. What are my thoughts on his impact on other players through the season? Fantasy value in category leagues. Like, obviously, guys like Grayson Allen, George Hill, 
Pat Connaughton, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, they're all going to lose value. They're not going to be 12-team league guys, most likely. Grayson, the only one who may hang on. Drew should go back to being hopefully close to what he was last year, maybe lop 5 or 10% off that production. But we've seen how Middleton, Holiday, Lopez, and Giannis all work together. We saw it last year. So we've got a, an idea of how they can all produce in the same team as each other. Pretty clearly as well. Guys, Bilpa, Halloween. Halloween? Oh, I keep saying Halloween. I, I, Halloween and Thanksgiving, I keep confusing them in my mind because they're two holidays that we don't really celebrate here. Well, Thanksgiving, we definitely don't celebrate. But with Thanksgiving, there is so much good food and so many treats out there. But so many, so many of those yummy desserts are full of sugar and calories. So it is the perfect time for Bilpa. Bilpa is the new holiday dessert. So why don't you feast on something delicious and feel good about it? A slice of pie has like 300 calories minimum. Probably goes over that if you put whipped cream or something on top of it. Whereas most Bilt Bars are just 130 calories and only four grams of sugar. It is a gigantic difference. So replace your coconut cream pie with a coconut Bilt Bar. Get a raspberry Bilt Bar and swap that in for a raspberry pie. So many different options and you can feel good about yourself despite having a treat. They're low calorie, low carb, low fat and high protein, but also covered in 100% real chocolate. So share some of your family gatherings. It might make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. Get it, get Aunt, she, Aunt Betty's going to love the Built Bars. I can guarantee that. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Let's go through some more questions here. Hmm. JP Lawrence, any tips or strats for roto leagues with finite starts? I saw your banking starts at the beginning of your roto league. JP, I'm not actually banking starts. What I'm not doing in that roto league is I'm just not rotating my bench in. I think none of my players in that roto league, the Locked On Championship roto league, they haven't missed any games. So I'm not sitting there going, well, I'll just wait and I'll get the starts in later. I'm just not rotating my bench in. That's how I like to approach it. And I'll tell you why. Um... Unless I've got like, so I've got 10 active spots and I've got 11 guys performing at top 60 value, then I'll rotate those guys through and get some games in. But what it is, is that when you get towards the back end of the season, I can see what categories I need to catch up in. So then I know who, if I need to catch up on games, I can stream those categories in more effectively because I've got those games up my sleeve. So if I go, wow, I'm, you know, got 12s in every category, but my three pointers are way down, I can use one of those utility roster spots that I may have, I might be like 10 behind the pace and just get guys in to get threes and boost that category up. So that's how I like to do it. I don't like to just like whoever's playing every day, rotate those guys in. Do not do that at all because you will burn out of games very quickly. And if you're playing your 13th guy on your roster, the likelihood of him throwing up a stinker is very high. Whereas later in the year, I can really target what I'm doing in that spot and get those numbers in rather than just throwing a random guy in because he plays. So I do not rotate players in a games cap roto format early in the season. Um, these questions, they're, they're impossible to answer, but you know, will Fox improve? Sure. Maybe. I can't be definitive on things. It's impossible in these sort of scenarios. I, I could be definitive on things like Paddy Mills won't shoot 100% from three because it's obvious. Will Fox improve? I, I sure hope so. I believe so. I feel confident that he will. But maybe he doesn't. I think that's a really low chance that he doesn't, but maybe he doesn't. Um, please help. Should I trade away Michael Porter Jr. or Zion Williamson? Will, I've got no idea, mate. Like, the, the, I can help you, but 
What are you trading them away for? If you have Michael Porter Jr. and Zion Williamson, the absolute worst time to trade them is right now. So in general, my advice would be no. If you can trade them and get a top 50 player back, a returning Drew Holiday, then sure. But if you're so pissed off you want to get rid of these guys and dump them, what do you think you're getting back for them? Nothing is the answer. Narcissus says, how long do I really think D'Lo will be out? I think he'll be back next week. I don't expect it to be a long-term thing. Well, LeBron sometimes rests like that all season. He is not resting. He has an injury. He is an old man. He has an abdominal strain. He is not resting. He has been injured two of the last three seasons, and now, let's say three of the last four seasons. He's an old man, and he has an abdominal strain. He is not resting. LeBron James does not rest like this. Um, Charles, how confident am I in Paul George remaining a top five player? I don't have him in the top five moving forward, but it's not its not outrageous to think that he can do it. I, I think he can, but, you know, look, we're talking oh, maybe sixth or seventh. It's not far off. Dean Wan says, Duarte or Shengun for category leagues? I would take Shengun personally. Raekwon Razor. When the time comes for Thomas Bryant to return, should I trade Gafford or just ride it out and hope for the best? Well, we don't know when that's going to be, eh? And we don't know what's going to happen. Like, someone's going to miss out. Will it be Bryant or Gafford? I think Gafford is actually more important to that team than what Bryant can bring. But I, I don't know what they're going to do. So I would rather just ride Gafford out. What are you getting for him? You're not getting much value back anyway. I would rather just ride him out. And I, I wouldn't even... I don't even think it's a guarantee that Bryant plays over Gafford personally. Jonathan Chong, will Jaden McDaniels take the next step this season and increase his usage? I would say almost definitely not. I don't see that happening. Um, Trevor Brown, do I see KJ Martin as a viable streamer for 12-team leagues due to his schedule? I think what we're looking at more there, Trev, is the fact that Tice is out again. Martin is pushing up, but if this team is healthy, it is hard to find 20-plus for Martin with Tice, Shangoon, Wood, House, Tate, Gordon. All these guys are playing in that 3-4 area. It is a hard, hard to find 20-plus. Um, I, I do think that he is a solid streamer, especially for today, with few games on and ties out, though. Now, this question gets these questions get asked a lot. Well, actually, wrong, wrong one. Oh, yeah, no, here we go. Uh, Azzy HKP. Nine-category league. All right, okay, that's good. It's Vosevich. It's Should I trade Nikola Vucevic for DeJounte Murray? Right, now the answer to that is, and if there are any kids listening, cover your ears for a second, I have no fucking idea. And I'll tell you why I don't have any fucking idea. Because you are talking about trading a center for a point guard. Now, DeJounte is not your typical point guard because he is a decent rebounder. But this is a, a DeJounte Murray is a nice usage player who is giving you very good assists, very good steals, and scoring, whereas Vooch is a points and rebounds guy who gets a block. So overall value in this context means nothing at all, like absolutely nothing. It's all about what it means for your team. So that might be a huge win. It might be a huge loss. I have no idea. 
Vooch, I would be valuing at like a top 35 type of player, maybe top 40. So a little bit better than where he currently is. But these questions get asked all the time. There is no way of knowing that without knowing the context of your team. Because that is how category leagues work. Grizzly Carnage. Do I think Rogier has room in this team to play like he did last year? The big thing is Grizzly. Is he shot like 50% from two-point range and was ridiculous on mid-ranges, which he had never been in the past. So the room is still there for him to get a decent amount of shots. But will they go in at that elevated rate they did last year? I had skepticism that they would. It hasn't happened so far. I would not expect, and I did not expect Rogier to equal last year's numbers. And I still don't expect him to equal last year's numbers. But he's going to start and play the minutes. It's more just about, you know, will those shots go in? And I don't think we should necessarily think that. Can Shangun get better production today with his second start? Yeah, of course he can. Will he? I, I don't know. I would expect him to be a little bit better. Um, but don't panic if he doesn't. AKA45, do you value playoff schedules when making trades? Not in the slightest. Not one bit. Don't, do not care. It is way too early for that. Colly Bolo, this is a good question. Should I drop Isaiah Stewart? I'm in a nine-cat, 10-team league with four days. He has four days off in a row coming up. And that, that's important, right? In a 12-team league, I would say no. Like, if you have to take a loss early in the season because the guy's out for four days, that's fine. In a 10-team league, there's going to be so much value on the waiver wire that I could easily make an argument that streaming in that roster spot for the rest of the season, even with the expectation that Stewart improves, actually has more value than just holding him and maybe getting a win this week by using that roster spot over those four days is more important than holding on to him. In a 12-team league, my calculus on that would change and I wouldn't do it. But in a 10-team, I would consider that not just because he has the four days off in a row, but because he has been underperforming, because Dwayne Casey's useless and because you're in a shallow league where there's a ton of waiver wire options available. That's what I'd be looking at. I reckon we'll do one more... Um, one more question, and here's a good one from Young Bucks. Do you see these high rebound numbers maintaining for the entire season? Well, the reason, Young Bucks, that the re rebounds are higher, it's all linked in. It is because there are fewer free throws being taken. That means, you know, say it's whatever it is. It's gone down from 18% to 16% or whatever it is on, on possessions. So those possessions don't evaporate. They now, instead of free throws, they end in a shot. So... If we're losing two to three free throws per game, there's extra shots going up per game. There's also the adjustment of people having to deal with not getting the free throws and maybe putting up worse shots. So while the rebound numbers are very high, in large part because the free throws are down and shooting percentages are down, so there's more missed shots available, I think the field goal percentage will end up coming up in the league and that will reduce rebounds a little bit, but I still feel pretty confident that rebound numbers this season will be higher than last season. And that is tied to there being more, uh, fewer free throws. And I think that'll stick. So fewer free throws means more field goal attempts, means more rebound opportunities. So I, I do think that that will um, be the case. Guys, that'll do it for today's mailbag show. I'll be back with the pregame show later on and then what to watch for. And then a recap of all of Thursday's actions. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. On YouTube, give me a thumbs up. If you're watching this live, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.